The Mood and Food podcast is sponsored by Igenis Healthcare Nutrition in Cambridge, UK. Igenis have kindly agreed to offer listeners to the podcast a special 20% discount on their complete range of high-quality supplements for your mental and physical health. Just add the code ADVITALITY, A-D-D-V-I-T-A-L-I-T-Y in capitals at checkout and your order will be discounted by 20%. And the website at igenus.com contains some great articles and health information too. That's I-G-E-N-N-U-S dot com. Hi Kim, it's nice to see you again. Hi there, lovely to see you, Andrew. Thank you for inviting me. No, pleasure. So just how we actually connected was you signed up as a, a participant <laughs> on my Mood and Food course. And uh, we had a chat after that. So the full title of the course is Mood and Food, How to Dissolve Severe Stress, Anxiety and Depression Naturally. I always, if possible, like to have a quick chat with people, A, how they found the course, how they came across it. B, you know, what's what's your story? And I think when we had that chat, I just got this overriding impression that you've you got a very powerful story around a particular theme. And it's a theme that I feel very passionate about, too. So we thought we'd have a conversation around the topic, what people need to know about alcohol, depression and anxiety uh, to enjoy yeah. a happier, healthier life. Because I think we've both got something to say on this. And it's quite relevant in January. Lots of people are thinking about maybe uh, not drinking this month. We're in lockdown, lots of pressure around, lots of stress. So I thought what we could do to start with is just a little bit of a brief backstory on each of us, only insofar as it's kind of relevant to the topic, Kim. So just, just say a little bit about your story and in particular how it cross-relates to this topic of conversation. Okay, Andrew, thank you. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed your your mood and food course. That That is something that I was looking into myself, obviously, because, you know, the microbiome and the, the gut-brain connection is really important to me yeah. for my work. Um, but taking myself back over many years, um, I come from a really sociable family um, in the east end of London. You know, there was pubs on absolutely every corner. My family always used to have weekend parties. You know, from a teenager, I can rem remember just partying and, and drinking all of the time. And that was a natural, normal thing for us to do. And I carried that on with me as as if it was really normal it, it was just a normal thing to do mm. so because everybody in my environment did that and um little did i realize that as i got older it became more and more of a problem it became more often it became like a bit relied upon and yeah it got worse and i was making wrong decisions with the drinking habits I was making unfocused choices. I wasn't really um, liking myself, if mm. you like, because, you know, once you get problems and challenges, which we did later on in life with um, relationships and marriage and, 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 you know, everything that goes on. Yeah, the drinking became worse. And I was even hurry. I, I wanted to do it when the kids come in, come home from school. I was, you know, couldn't wait for them to come in so that they i knew they was home safe and then i could start the drinking you know and it was just like a normal thing to do mm. and um i did go through a, a divorce later on in life in my 40s and that was my choice and then the drinking became worse yeah and i was relying on it and it, i felt as if it was numbing my problems mm. but it was also making me forget mm. yeah I, I was for, forgetting things i wasn't 
um, doing as much as I should have been doing, you know, because I was feeling lazy. All I could think was, you know, when's the next drink coming? And um, I think it spoiled me. And and basically at the end of it, I did have a big crash and realised that I had to do something about my life and something about my drinking habits. Mm. So, so, yeah. Bless you. Gosh. Well, <laughs> one of the questions that sometimes asked is, did alcohol cost you more than money? How would you respond to that question? Yeah, that's re that's a really interesting question, actually. <laughs> it did. I suppose it did when I think about it. It did cost me more than money. Uh, in my eyes, when I think about that, I think about the law of attraction and what we do actually attract to ourselves. Mm. And I was thinking, woe is me. Mm. This is all going wrong. You know, my language was, oh, my God, I didn't even think to blame myself for the mess that I was in. You know, so I had to study after that. But it did. It, it cost me a lot. I, I think I probably would have will be in probably would have been in a different position a lot earlier back then if I didn't focus too much on the alcohol and the and the drinking. Mm. And yeah. Well, thank yeah. you for sharing that. I think it's very powerful for people to hear. It really resonates with me, actually. I mean, very briefly, my story. I. I found myself in a psychiatric hospital with severe depression in 2006 after a prolonged period of work-related stress. And it wasn't the first time it had happened. And I seemed to be at the, the victim of life circumstances when life got tough every 10 years or so. And as I lay there heavily medicated in hospital, I realised I needed to change my life. Sometimes we have to hit the bottom to come back up, don't mm. we? And it was interesting yeah. what you were saying about, about that yeah. experience. And I resolved to make some lifestyle changes. But before that, I actually put on a heck of a lot of weight on antidepressant medication, you know, three and a half yeah. stone in three months. Yeah. It took me to put on three and a half stone oh, and, a, wow. and longer to lose it. It was about twice as long yeah. to lose it, but I did make a concerted yeah. effort. But I've come yeah. across a lot of uh, information on alcohol since. And I have a short piece on it in the mood and food course, but really wanted to have this conversation to grow that understanding a little bit on both sides and for people to be able to benefit from that because I think many of us have used alcohol as a way of dealing with stress quite habitually haven't we yeah oh definitely definitely habitually <laughs> yes and, and the, yeah. the definition of a habit is something that we kind of do unconsciously so you think about habit the purpose of a habit is actually quite useful in other words it takes a cognitive load off the mind it gives us something that we can almost do on autopilot driving yeah. being quite a good example you know there are lots of yeah. other things that yeah. we can do yeah. happily listen to radio etc yeah. but but the point is that when things are going on like that subconsciously we're we're doing damage without even realizing and, and as a way of dealing with stress it's very dysfunctional isn't it despite the fact that in the moment it seems to be a really cool useful thing to do but yeah. on the other hand this this point about alcohol being almost a part of the social fabric and i think for a lot of people they cannot imagine being able to function socially without it and I think this, this is a big myth, isn't it? It's the consequence of very effective marketing. I mean, this stuff is very well packaged in nice colored liquids, very, very attractive bottles and uh, yeah, very well yeah. promoted. But and, and this is really quite stark, but I'm going to say it anyway. It, it's, it's a yeah. poison. Um, ethanol yeah. is a poison and it's used uh, as an additive to petrol to make cars run better. Why yes. would you want to put that in your body, even in oh, smallish quantities? Yeah. I know, I know. It's not until you wake up and get out of it and come out of the other side that you actually realise that. 
and I didn't realize how how good it feels to feel good oh. yeah it's a toxic poison in our body our body doesn't need it it doesn't <laughs> and there's a, there's, a, there's a wonderful book that I um, listened to recently and I think I mentioned to you and we had a brief chat it's called This Naked Mind by Annie Grace and she, she talks about what, what if we decided that it was cool to drink motor oil um, yeah, <laughs> and it, was, it was well marketed as a social nicety. Yeah. Just remember that first time you tasted alcohol, tasted wine, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yet we get into this social social way of doing it, and and we think, oh yeah, it'll be fine. But actually, what what she says in this book, which is so powerful, is there's there's not an awful lot of difference between somebody who will make an occasional toast at a wedding and somebody who's on the street with a brown paper bag, drinking out of it. It's it's a it's a continuum, but nobody knows where that line is. Therefore, this stuff is really quite toxic, quite dangerous, and mm. and we're kind of led to believe that in moderation, it's fine. What, what's what's yeah. your view on moderation before I give you mine? <laughs> yeah, um, I don't. They say about red wine is supposed to be good for you because of the red grape, um, and maybe I don't know. Half a glass three times a week with your dinner is probably moderation. Probably anything more than that is too much. Yeah. I mean, even in my world now, half a glass three times a week is too much. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> you, know? you say that. And I think that mm. there is this challenge with alcohol as an addictive substance. I've got a family member who's going through Alcoholics Anonymous at the moment, and she physically cannot touch it for the rest of her life because there is a yeah. slippery slope as soon as she's had yeah. one because it is that addictive mm. as a substance. But as I say, none of us knows yeah. that point where that addiction will kick in to that extent true just just yeah. to come back on the red wine thing a minute it's interesting isn't it i've got a, a, a friend called craig beck who's written a book called alcohol lied to me and craig <laughs> says isn't it interesting that if somebody has a heart attack they don't they don't wire them up to a bottle of merlot so it's not actually going to be that good for your heart <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. He, he makes a very important point that i think the benefits have been overstated there are a lot of things that we can do that might give us some short term symptom relief, but aren't a good long term strategy. Mm. And I put, I put alcohol in that category. I think it seems that it can give us some immediate relief from stress. But actually, the, the, all the evidence shows that people who drink heavily are much more likely to suffer from depression and anxiety. Yes. Than those oh, oh, most definitely. It's a brain fogger, yeah. isn't it? Yes, it's definitely a brain fogger. I mean, I never even used to get hangovers when I was drinking every single day because I feel that it was in my bloodstream and it didn't affect it didn't affect me the next day. Yeah. So I didn't even think about that until you actually get away from something, get off of it. And if you do go back to it because of an occasion or a little celebration or a birthday or a wedding or something, you know, it's like, oh, my God, this has gone straight to my head. You don't even realise because it's not in your system anymore. No. You've cleaned up you know? your inner terrain. Yeah. And, and yeah, when, yeah. when you introduce a small amount of toxicity yeah. in that way, it has yeah. a much bigger impact. And, and yeah. that's that's how we need to see this. And when we build up this tolerance to alcohol, 
that's when we are creating longer term problems down the track. And I think, you know, it is a natural depressant <laughs> as opposed yeah. to an antidepressant. Yeah. And therefore, there is some real risk. Now, we might be talking and some people might be thinking, well, who are they to? But we're not telling anybody to do anything. What we're trying to do is raise some awareness yeah. about this substance, which is a, a legal toxin. If we think about what's happened to tobacco, it's still yeah. legal to use it. Yeah. Yeah. But... Yeah. There's been a massive change in public perception in the last 30 or 40 years. I mean, tobacco used to be given to people on their national service as a ration free of charge. Uh, we're, we're not there with alcohol yet. You know, there's there's all this ongoing debate about, you know, beneficial in small amounts. Personally, I, I don't believe that. I don't think it is. I think mm. what, what we're talking about here is is the mindset and if we believe something will be helpful to us, there's a massive placebo. Ah, there's the word, belief. Yeah. That word is powerful. Mm. Oh, my God, I can't express that enough. Belief is, is, is everything. If somebody on the TV or on the radio or if they say they're an MD or a doctor or, a, you know, something like that, and they say, but it's good for you because they believe it and it's been advertised on the media, you know, any media platform, people are going to believe it. And the more it's said, the more it's put out there on the media, the more people is going to sink deeper yeah. into our belief systems. Yeah. This is why I got rid of my TV several years ago. And when I do listen to the radio, it's it's normally foreign radio station because then I can't understand what they're saying on the news. I don't want to be programmed in what the media want to program me with. This is <laughs> so, fascinating, Kim. And I'm exactly the same. I have no TV, haven't had a TV for 10 years yeah. and, and would rather be selective about what I pay attention to yes, because yes, totally. the power of this drip, drip, drip feed into the subconscious mind day after day after day it's incredible. And I think many of us don't really know why we do what we do. But beliefs uh, are, are so important. I mean, let's let's just deconstruct a belief for a minute. What is a belief? It's a very strongly held set of thoughts, no more. And yeah. thoughts are hugely ephemeral when we think about it. You know, we, we can wake up having a particular thought about something. And then for whatever reason, it may not happen. And the thought just goes away. Thought is one of the most powerful forces in the universe. It causes people to start wars. It causes people to um, to do crazy things. You know, people take their lives on a momentary thought, which they choose to act on. Terrible, terrible things. So sad. Yeah. And when we begin yeah. to understand the power of thought, there's a wonderful quote from William Shakespeare. It's actually in Hamlet. There is nothing good or bad, only thinking makes it so. Yeah, that's true. From, I'm not uh, Hamlet Act <laughs> and, and I think Shakespeare's right. talking to something really profound here. And, and we need to be aware that our thoughts are not true. And very often they're not what I would call real. Um, no, but we take them as that. And I we think do. that particularly with alcohol, that, that, that whole effect can be exaggerated. Mm. And we defend mm. our beliefs with our life, don't we, Kim? Yeah, we we do, <laughs> and we get we can change our beliefs at any time. Of course, we can. It's a, it's, it's a we, we, we thought. Yeah, but it's so powerful. We are powerful humans, aren't we? But we can change our beliefs at any time, and we can always look on the positive. Yes, a healthy 
everyone. I agree. And I, and I think that's something else we wanted to talk about. We wanted to talk about happiness and alcohol, because one of the perceptions out there is that I need alcohol to be happy and to have a happy social life and to be able to exist in society and blah, blah, to do X, Y and Z. What's your take on that? I don't think that's true. We do not need to have alcohol to be happy because I've been to many celebrations and parties where I have outrun you know all the people that were drunk and I'm still alive and awake and with some stamina and gumption and I'm still you know it's fine you know because and I know the next day I'm going to feel brilliant and everybody else is not yeah and, and it's very easy for us to sound a bit virtuous about this isn't it but we're not all we're saying is that you have more choice than you realize and this substance which is being marketed at, at you it's just the elixir of happiness is it's just not that it's it's no. a fraud <laughs> <laughs> i think in my world in my life i've found the elixir of happiness is mindfulness meditation oh couldn't agree more and exercise in nature oh definitely exercising very and mindful nature. yeah nature is everything nature is my world wonderful i think so we're talking about some of the some of the alternative ways of dealing with stress anxiety and depression here which aren't alcohol based and i think this is an important sort of angle to take so let's say okay we're saying alcohol isn't isn't good for you what are what are the alternatives well we just mentioned a couple so you mentioned um, <laughs> meditation mindfulness i mentioned yeah. exercise with yes. nature now i've got i've got something here you you know about this this is in yes i do <laughs> i've got some <laughs> <Wonderful. real. laughs> <laughs> my, new friend. <laughs> my new friend this is for people who don't recognize it. this is wheatgrass dried wheatgrass yes. now yeah. it's a funny one it's starting to seep into public awareness students have been known to take it for scurvy <laughs> it's, it's like having 10 doses of vegetables in one go but what oh, you, wow. you mix a teaspoonful of this in a liter yeah. of water yeah. and if you don't yeah. like the taste go a bit weaker and gradually yeah. build up to two teaspoons over two weeks. Now, what it is, it's very detoxifying. It's very alkalizing and energizing. It's full of vitamins A and E, iron. It's gluten-free. It is a really good, what I call slight edge health food. Excellent, and, and, excellent. And can I just, just very briefly mention the slight <laughs> edge? You've heard me talk about this on the call. <laughs> slight edge, secret to a successful life is a book by a guy called Jeff Olson, O-L-S-O-N. It's a brilliant book if anybody's listening to this. The basic philosophy is small, simple things compound to produce a massive difference, either in a positive yeah. or negative yeah. direction, but you have yeah. to do them uh, for the yeah. impact to be taken. So wheatgrass is classic slight edge. Watching okay. three hours of TV a night is is classic slight edge. Drinking half a bottle of wine every night is classic slight edge. Um, yeah. The metaphor that I like to use it with, you've probably heard this anyway, but I'll, I'll, I'll put it out there, is, is <laughs> would somebody rather have a million pounds today or a penny compounded, i.e. doubled in value every day for the next 30 days? So penny, 2p <laughs> or 8 <laughs> Um, and as you, as you well know, the penny compounded comes to over five and a half million pounds in 30 days. But most people are going at health and wellness, particularly in January, like they're trying to win the million today. <laughs> yes. And they'll do yeah. the same with, with booze as well, um, trying yes. to come off it, for example. So that the, the point is that you can have a much bigger benefit by making small, sustainable changes in the same way. Yeah, in the long run. Yeah. Yes. By not quitting 
when things get tough in the first 30 days and also by not expecting the results immediately, which is the trying yeah, to the million right. pay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just yeah. wanted to put that one out there for people. That's a brilliant analogy, Andrew. It's the philosophy it of nature, and and we, we go against it at our peril. And we think we know best. You know, we're humans. We've evolved beyond nature. No, we haven't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But all the good stuff, all the natural stuff, all the herbs, you know, all the fruit, the veg. Oh my God, it's it's massive. It's all gradually coming back because people are waking up. Yes. People are realizing that health is a, a top number one value yes. in life. If you haven't got health, you haven't got anything. I think that's so true. Really I think that's so true. Yeah. Um, and people are seeing this more than ever at the moment. And, and I think just circling back to where we started the conversation with alcohol, if you want to be healthy, alcohol is not a part of your regime. No, I mean, I've lost family members from alcohol abuse. I, I've, I've spoken to you before about it. I, I lost my brother two years ago. Um, he, you know, he did drink. He did love a drink, you know, and things happened that, I, you know, I won't mention here, but it it wasn't good. The drink, uh, alcohol um, abuse. And I had um, my mum's sister, my aunt. She actually died of that as well. You know, it was that wasn't pretty. So you'd think, you know, you, you learn, you see this stuff going on, you, you have to learn, you have to pick it up, you have to take it on board. I mean, do we want to have a good, healthy life? Do we want to feel good? I know that when I pass away, I don't want to pass away full of pain, you know, with loads of things wrong with me. I want it to be natural and I want to feel natural, you know? I don't, I I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think there's so much more that we can do and become aware of, which may not be open to us at the moment. And that's why you and I are sharing this information, because, you know, to keep doing the same thing and expect a different result, as Einstein would say, is the definition of insanity. And I think this particular virus that is circling the world at the moment is, is shining a light on a lot of things, not least health. Yeah. <laughs> and anything so. that we can do to improve our health and boost yes. our immunity has yes. got to be a good thing. I'm all in favour of vaccination, but I think that we can't just outsource our health to a vaccine. No, I don't feel that either. I feel if you can look after yourself, you know, um, get take yourself, drag yourself away from the TV and start Googling, start researching, start looking into your health and, and your immune system and what is good for your immunity and your, you know, uh, supplements, Absolutely. probiotics. We've yeah, spoken about that health. as well. Yeah. And breathing exercises, yes. you know, look into that because your breath is everything. It can circulate your whole body yeah. and reset your body. Yeah. So I couldn't agree more. No, it's wonderful. Yeah. So if people want to find out a bit more about you, Kim, where's the best place to go? Okay, so I have a website called, it's just my name, kimweimer.com. So I've also got an online course as well, where you've got your course on, yes, on Udemy. Yeah, <laughs> Can I mention that? Ooh, what's your called? Okay, it's called Happy Days Coaching. Lovely. Positive thinking for a higher vibe life. Great. Well, I've I've just started reading your book. In fact, I've got it here. Oh, excellent. Um, Thank you. It, it's lovely. And and just a quick plug for mine called Fit for Business: yeah. How to Deal with Stress and Enjoy a Healthy Work Life Balance. 
I'm waiting for yours Where's to arrive. Coming? Where's it arriving? Because I think there's some similarity in stories. And, and um, the other thing I want to say is I've got a website at the Mental Health Coach has got um, not only the course that Kim studied mood and food, but also a free course, um, Seven Steps to Dissolve Stress Naturally. So I would encourage anybody listening who's piqued by what we've said, to, whose curiosity has been piqued, just have a look at that, thementalhealthcoach.net. So it's been lovely to talk. I'm sure we can, we can do some more of this it will be kind of fun i think yeah really it's great. and uh, similarity in stories so thanks so much kim and look forward to oh, speaking okay. again oh thank you andrew it's been lovely to be here thank you so much thank you